Call the dogs in because you're listening to the Fieldmaster Podcast. All right, everyone. Welcome back to episode number six of the Fieldmaster Podcast brought to you by Sportsman's Pride Professional Dog Food. This week, I'm joined by Sam. Hello, hello. Hey, Sam. How are Hi. you? Hi. Good. Doing good. Doing good. We, uh, it's, I feel like it's been a minute since you've been on. Yeah. Yeah. Missed the last one. So yeah, back, you, feeling good. You were telling us this morning that your allergies are starting to get to you. Yeah. Not, yeah. not being from Alabama. Yeah. The pollen is... Um, coming coming back for the vengeance it's it's thick in alabama yeah the pollen is thick here yeah it's definitely not houston yeah hopefully i get used to it really fast because i'm not a fan not a fan at all (laughs) well (laughs) i'm sure i'm sure that people don't want to hear us talk about uh your your pollen tolerancy so let's uh let's go ahead and get into our guests so this week, we are incredibly excited to be joined by Amy and Bubba Spencer uh, from Region 6 Field Trials, also from Tennessee Wildlife Resource Agency. Yes. They are both in uh, the agency. Amy is a Region 1 Outreach and Communications with the Tennessee Wildlife Resource Agency, and Bubba is a wildlife officer. So we got to be on our best behavior. Yeah. Talk about all the licenses that we definitely bought. And not have any issues <laughs> running into. You we're know. a little out of jurisdiction here. Okay, yeah. all right, we're good. Then. <laughs> Unless yeah. it involves waterfowl. <laughs> okay, we're still good. Lacey Act violations. <laughs> we're we're still good. So welcome, guys. Thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. Glad to be here. We are super excited. Um, you know, Sportsman's Pride has been sponsoring Region Six Field Trials for a while now, for a few years at least that I know of, and um, we. We our our main focus has always kind of been on working dogs and things like that, and there's really no better culmination of working dogs when it comes down to it than field trials, because they have such a there's so much that goes into it with the handler and with the dogs that we wanted to get someone from Region Six field trials on. So we're really excited that you guys are here. I'm well, glad first to be here. of all, we have to say thank you very much to Sportsman's Pride because. Oh, yeah. um, the sponsorship has been phenomenal over the last couple of years. Uh, just supporting our club, supporting our regional meeting and prizes, which is dog food, which is always yeah. awesome yeah. Um, yeah. for our, our participants. It's honestly, we couldn't do it without y'all. I mean, you know, it just makes everything easier and run smoothly. And it's it's a blessing to have a sponsor like y'all. Well, thank you guys so much. I mean, we're, we're glad to be part of it. And you know, I was going to actually attend Caleb and I uh, behind the cameras. Caleb, we were going to come to a field trial this year. Um, I think it was one in Mississippi at Hell Creek. Hell Creek at Hell Creek. That's where it was, and it just stormed the entire time. <laughs> so I told you guys, I was like, I don't think we're going to make it to that one. Yeah. I think it ended up getting canceled. And we've had a lot canceled this year due to weather. Yeah. And Hell Creek is notorious for very wet soggy nasty grounds and mm. uh, the creek can get up and it can make things difficult but uh, yeah we but have, but if we have good weather it, that is a place to showcase and all like, yeah because i've heard the facilities man, there are nice. great uh, we have a great clubhouse nice stalls that's you can, awesome you know if you have a lot of us are going to trailers with living quarters right you've got you can stay um it's 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 a really 
it's one of our best grounds. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, hopefully next year it won't be so soppy and wet and, you know, we'll make it to, to that one. Because I think at the time it was the closest one to us and we were trying to fit it in. So it is. We'll, we'll be there. We'll be there next year. Um, so also you guys have a son named Colton. You call him Colt, but I'm just saying <laughs> Colton's a pretty good name. Colton's a good name. Now, it do is. you guys know like why you chose Colton? It was a combination. We we love horses, coats. Mm-hmm. We love guns, coats. I, I'm a I'm a and 45 collector. Yeah, that's sort of a <laughs> old school name. Colton. Yeah, right. So the combination of all three. And then his middle name is William, which has been in Bubba's family for yeah a long time. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, that's a better story than what my parents did. Uh, <laughs> they found a baby book and they liked that name. They liked it. Well, okay. <laughs> and you know what? I like your story. That's a pretty. Well, that's a pretty good one. And it was on the name of you know um, good southern names. Good that's southern true. Names. Uh, that's it, we, true. We had to have a, a good southern name. See, I would have never thought Colton name. was southern. Yeah. I could. I mean, when you say it like Colton, I it guess sound, so. it's, it sounds it's, southern. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I think more old school. Yeah. Old school. Mm. Now, do you guys have the problem? I mean, I'm sure you do because it's the same name. Anytime you go somewhere and like you're trying to get like a little license plate or something with the names, I can never find Colton. <laughs> Colton, yeah. Oh, wait, no. Wait, I should have brought you a keychain. Yeah. We you have sh- a keychain that says Colton on it that he found somewhere and it flashes. Wow. wow. That's if really I see cool. you again, we're going to get you a Colton. That sounds keychain. good. I found, you know what? This is complete <laughs> side note of what we're supposed to be talking about. But Rabbit guess, hole. Yeah. When I, um, when I was young, the only time I found Colton somewhere was at SeaWorld in Orlando. And it oh, was really? just like a little keychain or and something. And you remember it, though. And I remember it. That's yeah. the only place I've ever found it since. I'm surprised it's so rare. Like, to me, like, that's a... There's so many Coltons. I've, I've met so many Coltons in my life. Yeah, I don't know if it's just me because it's my name, but, like, I just don't meet many Coltons. Oh, okay, okay. Hmm. Anyways, great name, great choice. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's get kind of into your background, talking about field, field trials and uh, dogs. So, Amy, we'll we'll start with you. Uh, your family always hunted with dogs, correct? I grew up with lots of dogs. Um, my dad used to grouse hunt a lot with okay. setters um, when I was growing up, and he kind of got out of it. And then when my sister married uh, her husband, they were into Chesapeake's and okay. so they yeah. started doing AKC hunt test and I was the bird girl and carrying all the stuff and so we started doing that together and then uh, that proceeded into high school I having a lab and college having a lab and then um, going into TWRA um, they decided to start a canine program when I was an officer I was an officer for 17 years but there when I first started they were like we want to do a canine program and you have dog experience, and so they sent myself and another officer to Kentucky, and we became certified with the two first TWRA canines, and then we became instructors. And so then we since started 12 other dogs in our program, but unfortunately that program has since gone away. So. Mm. That's tough. But it was it was it was fun while it lasted. Yeah, yeah, it was, absolutely. It's cool to be like part of something that, you know, you got to start. And yes. unfortunately you saw the end of it as well. Well, you know, change in administration, change in just situations that, that did away with it. And uh both in both instructors, he retired and I promoted at the same time. So oh, it kinda gotcha. left that we didn't have an instructor, but started with a lab. We wanted all retrieving uh, mm-hmm. breeds. We wanted the hunters to be familiar with our dogs. So when we checked somebody as an officer, they they knew the dog 
was going to be friendly. Right. Um, though my dog wasn't friendly when he didn't want, I mean, he, <laughs> he, he loved me, but you didn't need to raise your voice to me. Right. So if, and if he you would raised tell you. your voice and I raised my voice back, it was on. It was he game was, over he, at that point. Don't talk to her that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm the only one that talked to her. He was like, <laughs> yeah. I'm the only one that talked <laughs> right. to her that way. But um, he was a phenomenal dog. Gotcha. Uh, his name was Jake. Just solid white lab with a pink nose. Um, very smart. Didn't have to tell him anything. He just knew. We never had, I mean, I really didn't have to give him a command. Yeah. After we went through that initial training and when he retired, he had over 100 cases and he worked. Wow. For FBI, TBI, postal, um, I, countless agencies around the West Tennessee area. Right. Would, I could guarantee um, they called me looking for a gun, which he was trained in firearms, uh, wildlife detection, and evidence recovery. So, mm-hmm. the uh, we also did man tracking. Yeah. Um, so if you tried to hide anything, I would just like, it's over. It's it's We're game gonna over. Find it. If you yeah. walked and you hit it. We're done because right. he's tracking you, and then he's going to smell the gun. Yeah. Or if you hit the game, he's going to smell it. And um, but I used to say a lot of police department police departments would call me, and they would be like, "Hey, we just want to make sure we don't have a gun at a school or around this area." Yeah. I'd clear more areas than anything, and I would say, "If I don't have it in five minutes, it's not here." I mean, mm. I guarantee you. Wow. Stuff. His his nose was phenomenal. He retired, and I got a Chesapeake, and she was a totally different. I wanted her for her more protective. She didn't yeah. care. She'd be like, I'm not worried about you. I'm just worried about the treats. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. That's all she cared about. But she was phenomenal at man tracking. Got it. She was that tracking dog, just slow and methodical and never missed a turn. So she, two totally, completely different dogs, but they were a joy to be with. That's awesome. Yeah, growing up, I had labs as well. I had a chocolate lab uh, named Boca who... Um, at the time, he was going through to uh, be a rescue dog, and so missing people cases and things like that. And he was just so smart, so methodical, and uh, miss him dearly to this day. And we, my wife and I, got a, our first dog together. You know, the test run before a kid comes and things like that. <laughs> and so we got a dog named Oreo, who is the the little runt pit bull who has so many issues and such a personality and a mouth on her that it's kind of funny when you get one dog and you're like, oh, this dog's so smart. And then you go into the next dog and it's a completely different mm-hmm. personality. You have to change how you think about it. Well, you wanted to practice dog to get ready oh, for a baby. So trust me. There you e- go. Even last night she was teaching us some things that, you know, she's she's going back to being crate trained, I think, you uh, know, is uh, what we're getting at. And that's one advantage of having a lot of dogs. Oh, yeah. The more dogs you you mess with the more you understand mm-hmm. dogs absolutely yeah. and so sometimes if, if you just have two or three but you know we've had hundreds i mean i don't even know how many dogs i can't count them anymore yeah. so <laughs> some stand out in our memories and some don't some, some do stand out and, yeah and some don't and mm-hmm. i mean some make the cut for what we're looking for but you know that's one thing about just if you have a lot of dogs you really start to understand dogs more than if you just have one yeah. One pet. And yeah. as much as we're around dogs I and mean, as many dogs as we have, we have been very strict with our son about don't go up and just pet somebody's dog. Because yep. as someone from having a working dog, I didn't want you. You know, if I said you could pet him, the lab, yeah, you could. But there right. would be times where he would retreat and be like, no, I'm not yep. dealing with you today. And, you know, so we've taught him early about look at the dog's behavior. What do you notice? And just don't go up to a strange dog ever. Right. For you sure. know? Yeah, we just we just got back from um, South Dakota to talking with one of our ambassadors, and we we were talking about because he's a pheasant hunter, mm-hmm. and reading the body language of mm-hmm. the dog, dog, especially when they're pheasant hunting. I mean, he would be 
50 yards away and be watching his dog and he'd be like, oh, watch, a bird will fly up within two seconds. So, getting birdie. birdie. Yep, exactly, birdie. exactly. And that is something that was so hard to teach to some of our canine handlers. They might have been around right. dogs and had dogs, but we would be like, are you reading the dog? Um, are you noticing a change in the behavior? And you know, yep. that was always our, our key phrase, a change in behavior. And a lot of people didn't see it. Mm-hmm. You almost had to teach them to read the body language of the dog, just the slightest and we call it getting birdie. Uh, yeah. So it's, yep. getting, even it, when we were working her uh, work dogs, if he was looking for a gun and he started be like getting birdie, he's be- get, even though he's looking for a gun, it's yeah. sort of it's a term. Birdie. It's he, the alert. He, yeah, it's yeah. the alert. He's he's, yeah. he's he's working that sitcom. He's working it. He's figuring working it that out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, so I'm really curious by this actually. So you said uh, man tracking, which obviously is kind of self explanatory. Um, but gun tracking, are they looking for the scent on the gun? So when, yes, they're, we're looking for the powder, okay, gunpowder. Yep. We're also looking for the the oils. We trained them on Rimmel um, and WD-40 because a lot of old school oh, people yeah. would just use WD-40 yep. and not use like Rimmel. So we trained on a couple of different oils and then we trained on, of course, gunpowder. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite drills with that dog is Anguilla makes some 22s, which are very low powder hardly right. any powder and when i would take them glove up drop them in a field we'd leave be gone for hours and come yep. back and i would turn him out and let him find those and if he could find two aguila 22s with low pow- powder then we're on to something it's, yeah so and i will tell you one of his best cases was um, a gun used in a homicide for a local police department and we found the gun 14 days after the homicide and after 4.8 inches of ring Wow, wow, isn't that incredible? So his nose was phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and insane. we had used him before in um, a shooting. The trooper had returned fire at someone that shot him on the side of the interstate, mm-hmm. shot at him. And um, tr- the troopers were desperately wanting to find all the shell casings because there was a malfunction with that firearm that night. So okay. they wanted to see what was going on. And the boss called and was like, hey, I need you to go. And it was really late at night. And I'm like, what? <laughs> it's like 11 right. o'clock. And he's like, I need you on the interstate now. Take your dog. And I showed up. And I'm like, what do you got? And they're like, well, we have so many rounds. We need four. I got him out. Bam, 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 bam. Wow. Like, well, we've had metal detectors and we've had drug dogs. And I'm like, they're not trained on what this dog's trained on. See you tomorrow at the debrief. Yeah. And I was gone. Wow. I'm, I'm going back home. Go yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> right. he was that dog. Yeah. He was that dog. But now, like I said, two different personalities. Dixie was a little... Um, you know, her gun was okay. She mm-hmm. was not exceptional at guns, but she was exceptional at tracking. And in our program, we had others that were like that. This one's exceptional at tracking, and this one's exceptional at guns. Yeah. So that's, it, that's you would see what they liked better. Well, but of course, even Dixie at a very young age would just naturally track put, put her nose to the ground and track. And so she had a natural way about her at an mm-hmm. early, early age as a puppy on tracking. You would see her. You know, you ever see one that just puts yeah. her nose down? Sm- oh, oh, yeah. There's, there's your tracker oh, right yeah. there. There's naturally. your tracker. Yeah. yeah that's, she just naturally do it. That's incredible. And that, and, and Bubba and I and love to go, we train with different people. I've trained with bite dogs. I've trained with drug dogs. I've trained with mm-hmm. all these. We love to do that type of training because everywhere we go, we pick up a little bit different I like how you did that. Yeah. Or I don't like how you did that. Yeah. But we see things and we learn from all these other trainers. Yeah. And we incorporate it into our. Yeah. It molds sure. your own training. Yeah. And I, th- and I think that's what um, we we went to the national field trial here, like you know, last month. And what I really noticed from that event is just kind of like the collaboration. It's not necessarily. I mean, it is a competition, obviously, but right. you know, you get to pick up what 
each other's like people like what other people are doing and it's it's so cool like that collaborative kind of you're all working to win but it's it's a really neat you know kind of environment um okay so Bubba let's let's talk about you now because I think it's really interesting you both have dogs all the way growing up and then you come together yeah. and you still have dogs <laughs> yeah. Yeah. lots of dogs yeah. <laughs> and horses and horses yeah when I when I was young my dad always took myself and my cousin to bird dog fell trials mm -hmm. from a very young age and so i've just grew up uh fell trialing and there was a uh, a local uh trainer named weldon bennett who's still training to this day uh that we used to go over and train bird dogs with and so it just sort of worked that i w was in that game and then when i got stationed as a wildlife officer it was in the county where they had the national championship and then so later in life when opportunity came to to get dogs and horses and i got it and we, we slowly started getting into the sport ourselves. so he grew up on riding horses at the field trials and i grew up showing horses so yeah oh, okay so do you guys ever remember kind of like crossing paths at all no we no. never crossed paths no. to work he's older than i am can you tell <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah we met at work but. yeah yeah well that's i mean so one of the other the things i wanted to ask you Bubba is we have a um, another ambassador out of Arkansas who he trains dogs, and um, they do the hunt and retrieve test. They don't do field trials. Mm -hmm. um, but one of the things that you kind of hit on was, you know, going and working with another person to do training or to yes. learn from. Um, one of the things that he did was he actually went for – Sam, I don't know. Can you remember? I think it was like three months or something like that. He went down to Texas – and he like apprenticed yeah. with another trainer. Yeah, that's yeah. A, that's very common. Yeah. Okay, so do you got? Did you kind of do the same? Yeah, situation? we did the same thing with a professional trainer named Ray Warren. Okay, uh, we did it in the prairies of North Dakota. Uh, did it? I don't know how many years we went with Ray. Several years. Several the first years. year we went, we didn't even have a dog. Yeah, we just and so, went and stayed at camp with him and yeah. helped out. You know, that's the main part of going to camp: help. Right. <laughs> help. Yeah. Help. Yeah. Clean yeah. Up, you know, a lot of work. A lot yeah. of work. Yep. And uh, he invited us back, and we went. Uh, gosh, I don't, I don't know how many years. I'm gonna say probably five, six, eight. With Ray, yeah. yeah. That's that's incredible. Yeah. You know, it, it kind of. I think it's like a. You see it kind of in trades and stuff like that, like welders yes. or electricians yes. or things like that. But no one thinks of it as. You know, I don't want to call this a hobby, but you know, no one thinks of it as like honing in a skill to you know be a trainer or anything like that so we go back to things with ray all the yeah, time that yeah. we talk about that yeah. we learned at his camp number one was patience on breaking a dog mm -hmm. the dog will tell you when it's ready yeah mm -hmm. and and we saw that because we would go and stay at that time three weeks two to three weeks yeah. with him wow and so we got to see the progression that with him breaking a dog and, yeah. and many dogs right there in a two-week span would go from not standing to standing to He's got it broke. Yeah. And the other thing is always young, run a young dog with a broke dog. Oh, yeah. Sorry. So if, if you're at a trial and it happens all the time, another dog breaks, your dog's used to standing. Run yeah. it with the puppy and let that puppy run all around it and jump on the dog or whatever. Yeah. Well, at a certain yeah. point we yeah. do that. Yeah. 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 So, you know, going back to learning all that, you have to learn it. You have to know it. But you also have to have a work ethic. If you're a good dog trainer, I don't care what discipline a dog you're probably a workaholic. Yes. And yeah. usually yeah. usually in field trials, those who win the most usually work the most. Yeah. That's what I've noticed through all the people that we've gone Absolutely. through. It's a seven-day a week, it's every usually day. The, the, whatever, 
Laps, Britneys, Weimaraners, Pointers, it doesn't make any difference. Those who are the best are usually the most knowledgeable, usually the most diligent on the work ethic. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny that you say that because, you know, we have ambassadors on kind of all spectrums. We have field trials, we have um, obedience training, mm -hmm. we have mm -hmm. uh, AKC hunt and retrieve tests. We kind of have all spectrums. And every time without fail, when we go, we usually tell them, hey, we need like a week of your time because we need to be able to, you know, we're recording a commercial, we're doing, yeah. you know, X, Y, Z. And they go, all right, yeah, I should have time. <laughs> but they, what they're saying is, you're going, you're, you're going with them. Yeah. You're my boy, you're yeah. good equipment. They, doing, yeah. they may have time uh, for about 15 minutes in yeah. between getting a dog is what they're truly saying. And yeah. so it, you're absolutely right. I mean, in order to properly understand your dogs and work with them it's constant 24 7 especially on people that have a lot of dogs yeah i mean you, you never get caught up yeah you're never caught up i mean so like our season is coming to a, a wind down and it's it's the last push because you're trying to chase some more points right you know so you're trying to get a little bit more but we're already we got puppies coming at the end of the month so we're getting ready for the puppies yes. work, working young dogs for next year la yesterday. yesterday yeah yeah yeah, so it's it's already in the process for next year and the year after. That year after. Already, already in the works. In yeah, the works. yeah. It's um, there's a famous uh, commercial. I think it's Emmett Smith or something like that. This is when he was with the Cowboys and right after they won a Super Bowl, and it's a commercial where he's like, you know. I just won. I'm on top of the world. I can rest now. And then he does three bench presses of, yeah. you know, like 500 pounds yeah. or something like yeah. that. And it's that same mentality of, yeah. you know, you constantly have to be working. Um, speaking of points, though, I want to I touch on the next point. So um, in 2009, 2010, you were given a pointer named Ellie. And Ellie, as far as I understand it, this is a special dog. Yeah. Well, first of all, I was given a female pointer from... Illinois from Sean Derrick. So she had to have a Southern so name. So we named her a Southern <laughs> name. So we named her Ellie Mae to right. try to overdo the uh, the Yankiness of the <laughs> of her breeding. Uh, yeah, Ellie was a special dog. Ellie was our first dog um, uh, uh, for like this competition. Right. She was family. She was in the house. She slept in the bed. Uh, yeah, she... Uh, we ended up running the Purina Dog of the Year with her, and she was just uh, one of those dogs that she was consistently the same dog almost day in, day out. So she would consistently do the same thing, so there was no surprises. Uh, we even go back to a field at Ames Plantation. I think we ran her three or four times where she on had that, that on that course, and she did the field the exact same, same way every, every time. single time. And so she was a consistent dog, and she didn't make mental mistakes. She also, and this is hard to say in the dog world, she took advantage of opportunities. Yeah. She, yeah. And, you know, it's some people are going to be like, what do you mean by that? I can't really explain it, but when it, a break went her way, she made the best of it. Yeah, she had the wherewithal to, to she, understand. She didn't, she didn't mess up stuff no. if the opportunity Mental was, stability was mental the stability best. Mental stability, yeah. And she, uh, she was a... Just a, she was a pr very pretty dog. Like you could get her out at a rest stop to go to the bathroom, and they'd be like, "Oh, she's so pretty." And the people that wow. don't, don't even, even don't yeah. even know English pointers, she had a uh, a style about her that that was small, always just exceptional on point. Small dog, Sm thirty five pounds, fighting yeah. weight, you know, I will call it. Um, and she, um, 
Ellie was just we never we didn't break Ellie. Ellie broke herself. Honestly, right. she yeah. was that dog when she was broke. She was broke. A bird could have landed on her head. Well, yeah, she was broke. Once she mm. once she decided to, to to stop chasing, and we were getting ready to, to sort of start the process of she just we call it sort of breaking them, and mm. we were still letting her chase a little bit, and then she just boom, just almost just to start stopping on her own. And now is that is that something? So in that process, is that something that you know you kind of you have to have the experience of working with dogs in order to understand when that break happens or can you is it kind of like a night and day you can see well sometimes the break doesn't happen and you're still on an older dog you're still yeah i know right right. i'm watching you yeah (laughs) the wheels are unwinding i can see it yeah it's just so so just uh, you know some dogs have a a more natural ability to point and some dogs have a more natural ability to to chase Mm -hmm. and so we want the, the desire to find the game but we want the desire to stop and so a lot of times you're going to have to to bring them to, to that whoa. Right. Um, we call it a roll and stop. Okay. okay. A so roll and stop. You wanted to stop, you, you know, it's that's a Rick Smith terminology. Yeah. You know, uh, which is, you know, what a, if you've never been to a Rick Smith seminar or a Ronnie Smith seminar. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. For any breed of dog. You should go. And so, yeah, we'll have to check that out. And so, what she's saying is like if a dog is pointing birds, and a lot of times we do this up north, and we let them chase for a while. And then, after a while, we might let them chase and then start trying to slow them down, slow them stop, down them. stop them, and then just start backing that stop up to the point. Got and, it. Th- and then, you know, we want them to understand that, whoa. With our hands. With our hands. With yeah. a bird or without a with, bird, if we've got that hand whoa. up. Yeah, and so we want want to sort of teach them that outside of birds, and it needs to be just the hand without the the without the sound. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. either way. So over time, I can say whoa, and and the dog needs to stop, or I can do that, and the dog needs to stop. Or if my horse is stopped, you need to stop. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. You know, it's one of the few things that you know horses understand that people understand that, irregardless of what language you do. If you're walking towards me and I do that, you know that. You know, yeah, you know, you know, you know, yeah. stop. And yeah. So that's one of the things that you know we 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 teach. One of the few things, uh, commands that we teach a horse and a dog both the same is just that. Whoa, but that's now, awesome. On Ellie, it was a short window with her. Yeah, we had a. Um, I was running Ellie there. Bubba ran her well, as about a three derby, year, and then three I, yeah, three years, and then I started running her, and uh, we hit it at Ames. We won the Ames Amateur. I did with her. Uh, was it forty eight dog stake? Yeah, yes. forty eight dog stake, and um, that's when it started. It hit. That's when it came together, and it was she was there. Uh, and that was the Ames. You're, Am- so Am- you're saying without with the throughout her whole career, or no, was she just had, like a she yearly had thing? several placements. Uh, but she was at the top of her game for about a two three, and a half, yeah. two and a half, three year period. There. Awesome, yeah. Which which is a lot of dogs. There's right. usually a window of opportunity, and it's usually short. And, and she, on most yeah. dogs, yeah, she peaked about that four four about four is yeah, when we four and five. I won the Ames Amateur with her, and it was a 48 dog stake. And from that point on. If Ellie was finding birds, you couldn't beat her. I mean, right. that, that's a quote that several people will tell you. If she was finding birds, you couldn't beat her. Yeah. Um, one thing about Ellie, her nose wasn't the best. She wasn't the she, best she on, really on bird finder. But the one thing that where she did do the best, if we consistently knew there were birds at certain locations, I could almost hire Amy either one. We could put Ellie where we wanted her. And I don't mean like near us. She could be four, five, six hundred yards. Yeah. And I, we, I, I used to ride a big yellow horse. I could turn the horse. I wore a big cowboy hat. 
And man, I could holler and she could, she would see me. I could just place you could her. You could thread her through a thread, gate at 800 th- yards. Thread her wow. anywhere at a distance. And we call that being biddable. And she was just so biddable. And she could just, and you would trust her. You could yes. tr- And if she did point, they were there. They were there. And she was broke. And she pointed more woodcocks than any yeah. dog we've ever had. I, wow. I, won, I won trials on woodcocks, just on woodcock finds. So That's there. incredible. Yes, it, and, and I actually, I go back to this one time. We were running a trial, and we were waiting for a lost dog, and we're all sitting there. And it was in the spring, about this time of year, and I happened to look down, and I'm like, Bubba, come here. He's like, what? Because we had the same course the next day. Yeah. And there was a woodcock on a nest. Wow. I'm like, ding, 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 ding. Yeah. So the next day, I set her up, put her on that line. Yep. Had a woodcock. Point, right. Yep. But Point. there's there's little things like that with being a good woodsmanship yes. that can right. help you or make you in fail trials. We have some people in fail trials that have a sense of direction where they are, where the birds are, and we have some people that don't. And man, if you don't know woodsmanship or you don't understand dogs you or can, where you are, it makes it so much. Somebody's going to beat hind- you. It's a hindrance yeah. because you need yes. to know. You know, well, no, I want to go back to Ellie on something. But when, we're, when you're running a dog, I'm not. I'm not thinking about the field I'm in. I'm actually thinking about two fields ahead and right. where that dog needs to be. Which way is the wind going? Where were we finding birds? Where were they having unproductives? I mean, there's so many that you, things that run through your head that you need to be prepared for. And if you don't know where you are, you can't make that adjustment. And the same mm-hmm. thing as a scout, because Bubba and I both handle Bubba and I both scout. you got to be able to know... If this goes wrong here, where can I get that dog back to him? And right. everything's got to flow in together. Yeah. But going back to Ellie, uh, I, I ran her and got her um, qualified for the Invitational, which was a big deal because mm-hmm. that is the top 12 dogs in the country. Yep. And um, surprise, life hits. Uh, I was pregnant. Yeah. And I remember I called uh, the AFTCA secretary. And I was crying, and I'm like, I'll be six months pregnant. What am I going to do? And she's like, oh, Bubba can run the dog. Right. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I was all upset. So Bubba ran her. Bubba won. Bubba had a heck of a year with her. And my derby that yeah. I had, that was my dog in particular. Right. He, that year, I mean, he was my baby. Like, yeah. my, I, I like... He came 13 hours later. He was out of Ellie. Right. 13 hours later, I birthed him. I had to tube feed him. Mm-hmm. I had him in the house. He had 10 firsts that year. Bubba had an outstanding year, and I'm on the sidelines pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes on to win Farina Dog of the Year. And what did you say in your winning speech? I, I'll thank myself for getting her pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that got a big one. Oh, wow. yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was um, you think it's hard on, to be out there. It's even harder when you're on the road crew and you're watching your dog. Yeah. And, bet, yeah. and you know, but there was also some things that I knew about our dog. And I was in, I was, Bubba was running her in, in one of the championships. And I said, she's going to cut on a road oh. and she's going to go off and she could get somewhere. And so I went and I sat there. Nobody was around. I just kind of sat there on the, you know, blocking her from a highway. I just knew mm-hmm. her. I just knew her. Yeah. And I was sitting there and I heard Bubba hollering and he was, you know, looking for her and I heard her <sighs> coming running and I yeah. was like, whoa. She looked at me like, where did you come from? I, said, <laughs> I know you. <laughs> so I waited and he come down through there and I was like, all right. And she went back and I was like, man, you could have got out on a major highway and got ran over. Yeah. So just little, you know, just... Yeah. But we knew her. But anyway, Ellie. But, you know, talking, we're going back to, to knowing your dog and knowing, understanding the game. You know, we had a, another dog named Ava that uh, she what was at a championship. She yes. had five or six finds. Yes. Uh, and so 
sometimes you don't want them on birds. Right. You, and, and she was the type of dog, like, so. we could put her on the edge, and she wouldn't come off of it. But you could put her 20 yards off the edge, and she would stay 20 yards. So there's a couple of times you might need I to do that. I was keeping her off birds. Keeping her right. off birds because we don't. There's nothing to gain and everything to lose. Yeah, I think right. she had like so sometimes seven to, fines and so many backs there that on that championship. And I was literally, I told him on that yeah. one, I was like, no more. We get, yeah. we can't have any more birds. And right. so Gone. sometimes you got to play a little defense in the game of field. Yeah. Talent. So yeah. the defense it's, was I knew going into a field, and we call setting it up. I would woe her and wait. Mm -hmm. Or the other dogs going. That's fine. You go run that line. You're looking for birds. I'm not. Put her on that side, and she was the same way as Ellie. She wouldn't come off a line. Yeah, and we, we, we saw dogs at the national championship lose it on a fine in the last 15 minutes yes. that they yeah. did not have to have, and and they messed up the bird work, which they, yeah. they would have wanted if they hadn't messed up the bird work so, at the very end. So Bubba and I are all, uh, all about putting the nail in the coffin, but you also got to be careful. Uh, yeah. We were running at a trial not too long ago, or just this past weekend, and yeah. Yeah. as I'm handing, you know, we're watering the dog, I'm like, you got to have one more. Yeah. You got to have one more. Yeah. We got to have one more just to, to put the nail in the coffin. Right. And, and, and we actually, we went through a spot, and uh, that dog is a very biddable dog also, and I'm warning him on the right side, and we had about five minutes left. And, man, just easily put him on the right side. He went over there, he had his third fine, and we ended up winning the trial. So, so you know, having he, a biddable dog, having a, knowing where you are at all times. So this is something that, um, you know, we just went to the national field trial. Um, and I'm sure you guys know Alan Vincent. Yes. Uh, we know Alan well. Yeah. yeah. So, Alan, I was talking with Alan about this because uh, we got there. Uh, I think he ran, you know, because of the weather delay and stuff. Yes. Which turns out they could have ran, but that's a whole nother story. Uh, you know, we he had the weather delay, and so I was kind of talking with him because when we got there, uh, uh, two uh, two people had just came in, and I think the the dogs found like eight birds or something like that. And it wasn't until after they announced the winner and stuff, the winner only found four. Yeah, it's not birds. about it's not about who finds the most birds. See, I was completely yep. misunderstood in that. Yeah. I thought There's that it was so whoever finds the most birds. Yeah. Well, and first of all, not not in those trials. Yeah, uh, th there is an advantage to finding more birds, but there's okay. a whole lot more to it than just finding birds. It was how's the race of the dog? How strong was the dog? How was the dog's finish? How did the dog look How bird the work? quality of the finds? Yes. I mean, were right. they right in front, in front of the of judge or, or were they, they way out fine? there? Limb finds, good quality finds. Did the handler put them in there or did we ride up and find the dog on point that yeah. it did it on its own? You know, there's a whole lot of uh, factors you, that go into it. It's, yeah. it's, not, it's not like a One, hunt two, test three, where you four. have the standard right. and the dog has to meet this criteria. No, there's a lot more to it. And Bubba and I are big on this. We just judged a trial not too long ago. And um, we're big about grading. It's going to be, how was the quality of the fine? A plus, A minus. We'll grade it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, and it did in yeah. this particular trial, it came down to, well, that fine was an A plus. The ground race was, you know, maybe an A minus because all three dogs had an A ground race. Right. I mean, yeah. it, it, and they had, and we had to go to their quality of fines. And the winner was that dog that was way to the front, and we found him on a fine that nobody else had had. Mm. You know, it's just a good quality fine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so that until you understand the whole little nuances of the game, most people don't even understand exactly what's going yeah. on and, a lot. Yeah. And talking about the national, Bubba used to ride security. 
mm-hmm. and then for years. And then when I came in, we both rode security. So we were yeah. there just about for every brace yeah. of the trial. Yeah. And then we got out of it a couple of years ago because we were heavily field trialing. So right. it interfered. Yeah. So, but, um, and the dog he was talking about that the other day, he goes back to our, he's a grandson of our two best females, Ellie and the Ava dog, which are both, Ava, um, Ellie was a Perina dog of the year, but she was also, uh, I had her at Region 6 All-Age Dog of the Year, and Ava was the Region 6 Shooting Dog of the Year. So he goes back to that particular breeding. That's and, awesome. And, you know, that's our breeding. Those are our, our girls. And, yeah. And, you know, there's a lot to be said in that bloodline, and I'm very big on the maternal side of the bloodline. Right. Yeah, th- we have a, another ambassador in uh, Wisconsin, Lauren, who mm-hmm. um, she runs uh, hounds. She's a bear hunter okay. up, in, up in Wisconsin, mm-hmm. and uh, she runs hounds. And you know, she's she's younger in her career and stuff like that. And we asked her when we were there. We said, you know, what is your what's your ultimate goal? Like, what's your dream? What do you want to accomplish one day? And she said, I want to have my my bloodlines of my dogs become known kind of like that. And, you know, I think it's so interesting because, you know, a lot of times in different um, aspects of careers and things like that, Mm -hmm. you know, they're like, I want to be the top dog. I want to be, you know, X, Y, Z. And I think it's so interesting being in this field where people are like, I want my dog. It's about the dogs. I want my dogs to just, I want to like be able to say, Oh, that dog that just won dog of the year or the national field trial or whatever came from my bloodline that mm-hmm. I started, you know, way back when. Yeah. Can I jump in here when you was talking about the hounds? Yeah. If if you look at a lot of the hunting dogs that are on the landscape, whether it's a rabbit dog, a hound dog, a bear dog, we're what we call uh independent hunters you turn them loose yep and they go independent of where you are. Oh yeah. And bird dogs are dependent hunters mm-hmm. where they go with us, it's almost thinking of it as a pack, and you're the pack leader, right? Okay. And you're determining where we're going, yeah. and that dog has to go with us to the front, and that's and that's hard with a lot of the male dogs as they get yes. older and more independent. Is as, as sort of like kids, they get they get a little more sassy and, and want to do their own thing. They're like and, we know what to do, yeah, we do and yeah. We know what to do, and we want to go this way, and the course goes yeah. that way. Yeah. So, and, and we were you know. having this discussion on the way down here that the dog that he's running now. He needs a little bit more independence, but he also, there's a fine line. Yeah, Yeah, it's that fine line. We were talking about that fine line. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when we went up and saw Lauren, um, you know, she's got the the Garmin collars and Mm -hmm. stuff that they run with, and we couldn't hear any dog. And I'm like, oh, like, where are they? And she's like, oh, they're about two miles that way. And I'm like, that would cause me so much anxiety, not knowing where, you know, my dog is. Also, my dog is spoiled rotten and there's no way that she would ever go two miles away from me. That, but. No. Well, I will also say Ellie as a Perina dog of the year was spoiled rotten. She was a house <laughs> yeah. dog. She, she half the time didn't even ride in the dog wagon. She rode in the dog truck with people. I have a picture of yeah. her at one of the field trials. There's, the dog wagon driver, there's Colt in the middle, and there's Ellie on the other side. That's and so funny. And they're in the funny. front seat of the truck. And Ava, dog of the year, it sleeps with my son every yeah. night. She's a house dog. Yeah. She's spoiled. She's the precious child. You know, I don't yeah. know if I, I don't like using the word spoiled. She wasn't spoiled. Not around me, anyway. See, our dog, Oreo, we we um, we got a, a 
new bed when we bought our house and stuff and it's one of those sleep number beds and stuff and i joke that oreo has a better sleep number than i do (laughs) because she takes up the entire bed well um this is great i really want to get into more about um region six field trials specific and things like that but before we do let's go ahead and take a quick commercial break Hey everyone, I wanted to let you know that Fieldmaster Podcast is brought to you by Sportsman's Pride Professional Dog Food. If you want to experience the Sportsman's Pride difference in your dog, you can visit sportsmanspride.com and click shop now or click the link in the show notes. Use code FIELDMASTER to save 10% off your first purchase. Now back to the episode. All right, we're back with Amy and Bubba Spencer from Region 6 Field Trials. So, um, you know, we kind of talked in the the first segment about all about your guys' past and, and everything like that. But I want to take this next segment really to kind of talk about Region 6 Field Trials specifically. And then also, how can someone, you know, get into field trialing? Because, you know, from what I've noticed is um, there's not a lot of younger uh, generations coming into field trialing. And so, you know, we want to use this as an opportunity to, how can you get into it? What does it look like? So, um, let's start with the, the background of region six. So, um, the amateur field trial clubs of America, um, organized in 1948, and then it divided into, uh, 19 regions. Mm -hmm. And so region six, correct me if I'm wrong, it's made up of Tennessee, Arkansas, Louisiana, and, and Mississippi, Mississippi, Mississippi. Uh, with over 45 uh, field trial clubs. So how how do you find out, like, where where do you find a club? So I will say this. Region 6, we started this a couple years ago, um, a web page. Uh, and yep. then when I took the secretary position, we did uh, a Facebook page. Yep. Well, I wasn't the official secretary. I was the behind the scenes of the real secretary. <laughs> right. But... but Region 6 has a Facebook page, and they have a web page. And you, we keep a schedule on there. Mm-hmm. We have a calendar. We have all the points totals. We have everything you could possibly want to know. We have the results there. And it's really easy to look at those calendars and just so you can plan ahead. But every year it starts in May. At the end of the year, we do the awards, the dinner, and we have our meeting. So uh, Region 6 actually has the Mid-South in it. Uh, we have, uh, what's the, uh, there's a, uh, there's a kind of a, another satellite at the Percy Priest. Yeah. Southern. The Southern. Circuit. Uh, Southern Got circuit. It. We don't really do the awards at that one, but it's uh, kind of in to region six. And then we just have that meeting and we sit there with calendars, the old paper get, everybody gets, uh, you know, yeah. calendars and we just pencil it in Yep. and we put down all the amateur trials. We work around the open trials because so many of the amateur clubs are also ho- hosting those open national qualifiers. Right. And so that's that's one of the things. There, There's different uh, levels. Mm-hmm. So you've yes. got your amateur, right? Is that kind of the beginner level, or is it more the open? Well, it's just it's almost two different divisions. Yeah. Okay. I mean, amateur is usually just people that have another job or retired people that do amateur. Open is more the professional handlers that are running somebody else's dog. And then so within that is, am I correct in understanding that um, like the open will have a qualifying. And so you, that's how you can qualify to go up to the, the next levels. Right. Yes. Like to get to the national. Right. But now an amateur can run in an open, but a pro can't run in an amateur. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Right. So that makes sense. Uh, right. And when we, the amateur trials usually or weekend trial, usually, uh, we do have one that is a week long trial. That's the Ames amateur and it does run the whole week, Right. but they're shooting dog derby and all age. So you'll have, three in one weekend 
Three wow. different stakes. Yep. Right. And you have some people that we but we run all three, mm-hmm. and you have some people that just run the all age. You have some that just run the shooting dog. Got it. Okay. So so there's different. I mean, I know when I first started, you know, talking to you guys, there there's one I think almost every weekend if not every week throughout the season. So we start usually the last weekend in October, and we run just about every weekend to the last weekend in March. Just about. Wow. Got it. There are a few weekends off, and they're welcome breaks, uh, especially when you're (laughs) this end of the... But, of course, we also have weather delays. But here's where we ran into a problem. Our schedule in Region 6 is so tight that we had to cancel our first one because of rain. We... There was an opening that came up to another trial, decided to not have theirs yeah, because they wanted to move it because it conflicted with an op- with the national. Yep. So we were like, we'll jump in there. Well, rain got us too yeah. on that one too. So we actually <laughs> yeah. missed hosting our amateur tri- tri- trial twice, and we missed our open because of rain. Well, yeah, that's kind of the, the downfall of living in the you know yes. mid-south. Mid-south is- in the mud and the weather this time of year. I told, yep. I told Sam because, you know, we – we've said it before that she just moved here from Houston not too long ago that um, Alabama is unique in that you can have a tornado watch yes. one day and then the next morning you could have a chance of snow. Yep. Yeah. And that yeah. happened yep. this year. Yep. Yeah. It's so interesting. The weather here is just absolutely it, wild. It is crazy. I've heard my first tornado sirens. That was interesting. It, yeah. yeah. Probably not the best. I opened the window blinds even more. I'm like, yeah. I just want to watch the sky. Yeah. Probably not the, yeah. the smartest idea. But yeah. Yeah, we were in South Dakota, and all of a sudden, all of our phones started going off because we had our weather still, you know, back here. Yeah, and it was just sirens all day long. Two days straight, just yeah, yeah. alert, alert, alert. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, let's talk about kind of you know, I obviously am not a field trialer. I have no experience with it. Um, I have a spoiled rotten dog at home. Uh, But if I wanted to um, look into getting a, a field trial dog and start. How would I, what would be your recommendation on getting into the sport and getting into field trialing? Well, right off the get go, you need to get a dog. At some point, you just have to get a, a pointing dog. Right. And, you know, the odds of it being a great dog may or may not happen, but you have to get a dog and then you're just going to have to start somewhere. Right. And then, you know, man, in today's world, you can learn all kind of stuff online, YouTube. Mm. Oh, yeah. Read the old books. But if you could ever get with someone that trains, bird dogs or trains field trial dogs that would probably be and i would highly recommend a rick smith seminar if you're early into it because they go through so much well i guess it's ronnie now yeah it's ronnie ronnie Ronnie, yeah ronnie does them and he does travel the country with them so you could go to their website or their facebook page and find it but there is so much vital information learning to read the dog just learning how to style the dog up, learning, you know, behaviors that a lot of people don't think is actually a dominant, like that dog putting his foot on your foot. No, you know, you're, yeah. you know, that's yeah. actually, it, he's actually being dominant. Dominant yeah. a little bit. He's actually being dominant. Yeah. Right. So there's so much you can learn and that goes into you doing the dog yourself. You know, now, once uh, again, you need to be the pack leader. The dog doesn't need to be the pack leader because mm-hmm. if he is and you get to a field trial, he's going to do his thing, and then you're you're going you're not right. going to you're not going to win. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we kind of talked about it at the in the first segment or the first half of the podcast, where you know, if you have the opportunity, probably to go apprentice under someone yes. or, yes. or the, learn, you're gonna you're you're not going to beat that kind of. Uh, that's the best. And just way. Yeah. and everybody yeah. I know, everybody I know would be like, 
Come on, let's go. And if if, we have horses, you know, if you don't have a horse, we've got a horse. But you're going to have to be able to ride. That's the thing. Now, this is the limiting factor. Unless you're doing walking trials, that is the limiting factor to our sport. You have to be comfortable on a horse, and you have to be able to ride a horse. Yeah. Yeah. And then if you're going to get into the sport, you have to be able to to have a barn and horses. You know, just you don't have to have a trailer. You're going to have to have a truck. You know, there's just a lot of uh, stuff that goes along with it. But you could also, you know, have a – you could go, and this has happened. Uh, a guy not have a dog, but he doesn't have a horse. But he's buddies with someone, and you know, meet me at the field trial, or maybe when we go work dogs, and I'll bring your horse. And that's that entry level into it. Yeah, because you know, one of the things we, you know, we were talking about knowing Alan and and yep. things like that. Uh, you know, Alan said he was lucky when he first started because he had a horse and he had a trailer. Yeah, and so <laughs> it, it's it's you know it's so funny that you yes. know the. Lucking out being able to get into a sport is, you know, owning a horse and a trailer and things like that. But I will say from the the people that I've met in the community and field trial and things like that, everyone's so welcoming and it's so accommodating. You know, most people let you come train with them or give you a horse, you know, they you do your part and and work. And, you know, that's one thing that I think we we leave out a lot sometimes when it comes to field trials is just just the the work that's involved it's a lot of work you know it's almost like so our son is starting to play baseball and it's doing the drills in the backyard it's the same thing with the dogs Dogs. are you doing your yard work you know it might be five minutes putting it on the barrel or stroking it up or working on whoa or just working here directional changes you know walking puppies i mean it's never ending it's never ending and it's five or ten minutes a night or it's you know however long you want to make it or how many dogs you have but those are the little things that start and, you know, I, I go back to a big obedience background. Man, if you don't have control of the dog, you can't go turn it loose somewhere right. and expect sure. to run it. You know, everybody yeah. wants to go to North Dakota and turn our dog yes. loose in a prairie. But and there's a whole lot we do before we ever turn to... the dog loose oh, yeah. on the prairie in North so Dakota. So there's months of preparation. That you can do in your backyard, regardless of where your backyard is. Right. Almost. And so now we only, we, we as amateurs only get to spend two to three weeks in North Dakota. Bubba gets to spend longer, you know, school and something about truancy. I have to get back with my child. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, so, but Colt and I go and we stay a week and now we have to fly back. But there's, you know, if you have your yard work done, and you get to North Dakota two to three weeks. You can have yeah, your dog yeah. broke, and yeah. and you you can accomplish what you need to get done. You know we learned that from Cecil Rester, and we you know, learned you know, that from another so amateur times, in our region, Cecil Rester. You know, you so go. many times on what we've said is probably us figuring out something that somebody else has taught us, and mm-hmm. we're sort of saying it like we learned it, but. Uh, it's our knowledge, but it was probably gained from somebody else. And, and yeah. for an example, when we first get to North Dakota, you get the first day, you can run and knock and chase it's and have a, fun. It, it's it, all of a mulligan day. Yeah, you know, it, it's, can, it's just let everybody get stretch out. Stretch your legs. Yep. Turn them loose. And Turn them loose. And let then them get out. the next yeah. day, all next right. Next day, then, then all, yep. right, all and right, one let's thing, get a little more regimen here. And, and, you know, one thing when you're doing it yourself you are moving at the pace of that dog. So if you need to back up, like you might take two steps forward, you might take three back, you're going to have to back up and get that dog, fix that problem, and then move on. And that's a little easier to do when you're doing it yourself. Yeah. Not knocking the pros, but when you send it with the pro, you're on their schedule up north, you've only got a certain window of opportunity. Mm -hmm. But if you're doing your yard work at home, and even if you are sending it with the pro and you got that yard work done, that's a lot 
that they don't have to deal with once they get there. Once they get there. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, that's one of the things all the ambassadors that we've talked to and all the, the trainers and stuff, we ask them, you know, how does someone get started? And they're like, well, before they even come to me, they need to be have obedience done. And, you know, we do have some people, um, who focus on obedience, but you know, without fail, every time that we talk to someone, it's, they need to be obedient. They they, need to know their training. They want their dog to go with them. They want them to stop when they will. And, you know, then we can start taking it to the 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 next level to see what, how, how, how we get to, you know, if you're starting out, you know, there's um, a couple Facebook pages, you know, they do advertise, future litters or litters that are coming. Yeah, and right. those are places, those are great places to go look for, for litters. If you want to start with that puppy, you right. know, if you mm-hmm. want to be there as soon in you know, six weeks, if you want it, that's where to get it. And then there's also, if you're not, you know, like sometimes we, we might sell a dog that's not running on the all age circuit back mm-hmm. before we started running shooting dog, we might sell one. And that might be someone, it's a young dog and we know this dog's not going to run enough for us but you're in shooting dog or you're in walking, you might be right. interested in that dog. Yeah. And you might yeah. want to finish it on out. So those pages are, are great websites, uh, Facebook pages, I mean, uh, to, to go and look for at the beginning of what you might want to do. Yeah. And yeah. you know, at some point, you just got to get your feet wet and yeah. get in the game. Yeah, you just got to do it. You just got to get in there. You know, it's yeah. sort of like learning to turkey hunt. At some point, you just got to go by yourself and figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. So um, the the next kind of question that I have is, you know, there's so many, even even with our ambassadors, even with all the trainers that we have, each one has their unique style. Yeah. And so I don't, I don't necessarily want to say like, hey, what works for you? But what is something that as a, an amateur coming into this, what is something that I would want to look for in a trainer in order to, you know, kind of say, okay, this is how I want to train my dog. Well, first of all, I'm going to say like a style. We have done years of training with variety from bot dogs to, to all the police dogs to labs to, I've, we've even gone to some other trainings with beagles and things. Yeah. We have a combination right. of styles that we have picked up from everybody else. But in that trainer, I like the patience. Yeah. I like the patience. I don't want you to be in a cookie cutter. I don't want it to be cookie cutter. Right. I want patience and you to move at that level. And And, Bubba can go further. You know, on a trainer, you know, I go back to act Todd, a trainer that works hard and is honest. And sometimes the reality of of fail trials is not every dog is cut out to be at the level where we want to be. And so you want to put it with a, with a trainer that's going to be honest with you and not continue just to take your money. If the dog's not going to, cut it yeah we have um uh kevin erdmeyer who is one of our um ambassadors we were talking with him and we kind of asked him the same question because and i I say all this to say every every trainer we talk to has a different style and you know some of them will say well this is how i do it like Mm -hmm. i follow this regimen and and it works for them which is great Mm -hmm. but i think oftentimes what people don't talk about is you know, someone who, if I'm, if I'm wanting a duck dog, let's just mm-hmm. say that, you know, I want to know what the trainer is like, because when I get that dog home, I have a different personality than I do Bubba. Yeah. And so I want to know what I'm looking for in the trainer and so little, that I can match that when a the lot dog of that is home. you need to go 
with the trainer, trainer. and you need to work with the trainer because yeah. no matter what you do when you go home, you're not the trainer. Right. And yeah. They know yeah. that. Yeah. And they're going to be like, but dad. Yeah. <laughs> and give you this off puppy uh, eyes. I've and... also got to say this. Just because a dog doesn't make it in the pro circuit doesn't mean the dog's not going to do it. Yeah. We honestly heard Ellie won't make it. Yeah. We honestly heard that. But Ellie was what we had, and we right. worked with what we had. Right. Because mm-hmm. she was our first dog. Ellie was a parental dog of the year. Yeah. Wow. And I think, you know, that goes back to just you have to, once again, it's spending time with that dog, mm-hmm. knowing how that dog is going to work. And you spending know. time with a dog and understanding dog behavior. Yes. Time spent if you don't understand dog behavior is, is not useful. So. They need to really get good at understanding. Yeah, at that point, it's just playtime. Back, yeah. back to the yeah. And sometimes, and, 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 that's and we okay. learned that from Sheldon. Yep. Sheldon. Yeah, Sheldon. Uh, okay. Yep. Dogs yeah. need a break. Oh, yeah. Sometimes, yeah. you know. One of oh, the yeah. most valuable things we have is a one-acre turnout. Yep. Oh, my goodness. And that's just their playtime. Yeah. This can, is your time They to can go chase play pigeons or whatever out there. Right. You can chase the pigeons all you want, but when we're out here, it's time to work. Yeah, we were... We went and saw Bill. I was literally just about to say the same <laughs> Somebody thing. Somebody else does something similar. They do the yeah. same yeah. thing. They they close their front gate and they turn all the dogs out. Yeah. And they've got, I think it's like three acres or something yeah. like yeah. that. We've got about go. an acre of a turnout. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And it is, it is so valuable. Mm-hmm. You know, Number one, it keeps the dogs in shape. Like yeah. We're not having to yeah. road them. We right. can exercise them. They're staying muscular. They're twisting and they're turning. You know, and, and you know, uh, but it's just freedom. Yeah. yeah. It's that freedom. To, you get to be a dog and do silly stuff and do what you but want. You know, and you can, you can see it within them, yeah. how they, you know, they, their personality kind yeah. of comes out. Movement does animals good, whether it's a dog, person, or horse. Yeah. You know, nobody we, wants to stay in a stall or kennel their whole life. Right. right. And we have some yeah. dogs that prefer to not be in their kennel in a barrel, but they want to go in. We have a big stainless steel, like a veterinarian crate. Right. They want to go in it at yeah. night. Like, hey, I'm, I'm ready to go yeah. in. I'm yeah. I'm ready to go in. I want to go to bed. Yeah, but yeah, so it's, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's one of those things. It's just like humans where if, you know, we get pent up or we're mm-hmm. doing the yes. same thing day in, day out, like we need a break. Mm-hmm. We need a we break. We had a break just a minute ago. Yeah. That's exactly. <laughs> People mo- don't know yeah. that at home, but we just took a, a good long break to, yeah, you we know. We took a body break. <laughs> we train horses also. Right. And, you know, the more you're into this, you know, training horses, training dogs and raising kids. It's a, whole lot, it's a whole lot oh, more yeah. similar than it is dissimilar. Oh, yeah. Yes. This, this is like a vacation for y'all. You all just <laughs> snuck away for a few hours. and oh, well, <laughs> is, we'll get home in time. Y'all, we'll get yeah. something done. Y'all yeah. might as well be on the beach in Mexico. <laughs> no, that doesn't happen. Because we can't. <laughs> no. we can't we, uh, so our vacation together is North Dakota. Yep. Yeah. Everybody thinks, oh, y'all are going up there and having fun. No, we're getting up early. We're working dogs. Yep. Mm-hmm. Then it's going back to the yard work. and But... We can't leave at the same time. I'm I seriously yeah. like because you leave, something goes horribly we, wrong. Well, and I think that's one thing I wanted to hit on too is, you know, uh, I've heard it from trainers, I've heard it from field trials, I've heard it from you know breeders, whatever it may be. If you get into this, you have to understand the time commitment yes. that comes yes. with it. It, just it doesn't even matter. Never ending. And, and I tell this story, too, because I have a buddy, Graham, who um, pitches in the major leagues, and he has a hunting dog named Hank. Well, when that when he, Graham is away, it lines up perfectly because his wife, Emily, gets to take the dog, but she's still working that dog every single day. She, like, will do a, a – like, she's faking, you know – 
hunting a duck or something. I think it's a, a Wii remote or something yeah. like that yeah. that she, you know, yeah, throws up. Yeah. And, and yeah, and just but when the when Graham gets back, it's on. Yeah. And then it's like a completely different dog at home. And it's it's so it's funny. But just people need to understand you know, there's a time commitment, and it's a it's, Huge it's a lifestyle commitment. change. And, and plus, uh, especially with dogs, you want that consistent day after yep. day. Yeah. And man, you know, everybody needs is, a routine, whether you're a dog, dog horse, or a human. Yeah. Right. You need just a, routine. a good routine, and I keep saying the same thing, and we're doing the same thing, and we just. We just go back over the basics, the fundamentals again and again and again and again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you can't expect the dog to learn it if you're not willing to put in the time yourself. I mean, it's just not going to happen. Okay, so the next thing that I want to talk about is um, nutrition. Mm. Because we, you know, obviously at Sportsman's Pride, we value nutrition and things like that. And we want to, you know, hear from you guys how important nutrition is in the dogs. Yeah. Well, especially in these dogs, I think they don't understand how far some of these dogs are running. And so you have to be, you know, we like, we call it the Alan Vincent bag. <laughs> we did. Because it's got He's Alan Vincent on it. to hear this. Right. You know, that, 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 that's our preferred. Uh, it is. That yeah. is our, yes. And... Uh, you know, it's not every dog is the same. same. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I'm not going to lie. We have fat dogs and skinny dogs. Yeah. And, so, and it's everyone is tailored different, you know. Uh, and you, even our feeding regiments are somewhat different on different dogs. Yeah. On, on, yes. On, on, on when we're going to run them. And some, some do better a little. And, you know, a lot of times when you have an athletic dog, they're going to be a very lean dog. And so. And in today's time, society, society, people don't understand that. You, know, you can't right. have a heavy dog and go out and do competitions Tishing. with it. And it's actually very unhealthy for the dog. dog. And so, uh, and well, so, we, were, we were just kind of talking about it on the break. You know, like uh, my dog Oreo has to have certain requirements because, you know, she's had her knee replaced twice. Yeah. And, you know, you don't want a heavy dog running yeah, you, six, seven miles. Sometimes and, a, a, and couple can, a couple pounds. A couple pounds can make pounds a huge, is difference. A huge difference. And oh, yeah. sometimes you might want them a little heavier and they not run as much. And they can take the cold weather a little better. Right, but a couple of pounds heavier, and it's sixty-five and sunny. Can't they're going, it. they're going to melt in the heat yeah. sometimes. Yeah. It's and a so fine line. it's a fine line, and so it's almost with each individual dog trying to find that sweet spot of uh, the exact weight you want them to be. And, on. and we're we're constantly adjusting, and then we have multiple cups because we have all the way from <laughs> yeah. the field cocker to the Chesapeake yeah, and the so Yellow Lab. We got, so right. we have cups, you know, out there at our food and. I, I know this isn't sportsman's fried food, but we have free ranging chickens, <laughs> right. and I love to throw an egg to the A team. Yeah, we yeah. have you know we do have the A team, we have yep. the B team, we have the you know. We got the I love range. to throw them an egg. <laughs> yeah, in yeah. the dog food. Yeah, we do. Yeah, that. absolutely. And we, and we usually do. We call it the A team. You got to earn an egg at our place. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we do the same thing with the eggs. So we dogs. actually yeah. treat even yeah. with even with the sportsman's fried food. The Allen Vincent bag is the A team. Yeah, and then we use a different bag. Which is one of the colored bags, right? <laughs> for, for the beach, right? I mean, and we do, we we do change that depending on what where you're at. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it, it kind of goes back to the the Allen Vincent bag, which is our our limited ingredient right. food. You know, it it is meant for a performance dog. That's mm-hmm. what we call it, performance food, and it 18. is. A team, yeah. <laughs> it's meant for that A team. It's meant yep. for the the dogs who are out there running. They're, you know, all of our food has glucosamine and uh, chondroitin in it for their hips and joints and things. But, you know, we we like that. You know, there's different levels. You know, I'm not gonna put my dog on a super high premium performance food 
if my dog's just sitting yeah. at home, yeah, yeah, doesn't need it. it, it doesn't but a lot of people it. don't understand that. Yeah, you know, they That's think true. one food is for every dog, and there's not. And as you know, there's hundreds of dog foods out there. Oh yeah. And even we have one female that we have to. She has like, allergies. Yep. You know, you yep. were talking about Oreo having yep. allergies, so we have to make sure she doesn't have that food. Yep. For sure. Oreo is uh, allergic to chicken, and to chicken. I, I, yeah. There's so many foods that just have chicken in them and stuff. So, you know, I get that. And, and y'all have the evolve side of the things. We do. Yeah, we have um, Sunshine Mills, which is the the parent company of yeah. Sportsman's Pride. You know, we make so many different foods. Mm-hmm. We. You know, if you walk into a, a Publix and you are looking at the Publix pet food, you know, Swartz, or not Sports and Pride, Sunshine Mills makes that yeah, food. Yep. So um, there's such a variety out there. So yeah. Years ago, we had a grocery store when I was growing up, and we used to sell the dog food. Yeah. Years ago at our grocery store. The Sunshine Mills one. Mm-hmm. We, You know what's funny is we have people come onto the podcast. That, 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 and they're, that. they're like years ago. I can ago, remember it. The I yellow, remember it as a kid. The, the yellow, yellow bag. bag. Yep. yep. We yep. sell it in our bag. grocery store. It's so <laughs> funny. Uh, um, Alan Bostick, who uh, is the, the uh, president of Sunshine Mills, but... It's so funny. He calls Red Bay, Alabama, the dog food capital of the world, I or the pet food capital yep. of the world, because yeah. we just make so much. Uh, yeah. I mean, people don't understand, but um, you know, one of the 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 next things you kind of hit on earlier, and this is this is funny to me. I always joke that um, all of our ambassadors, you know, they're these big tough guys like Alan Vincent and things <laughs> like that. But we have so many ambassadors who they have all their working dogs out in the kennels and you they, know, have a, they have a, and they have the house dog. They've got the a dog. house dog. That, Alan uh, had one for years. Yeah. I was, know. What was that dog? Uh, was Eddie? Uh, no, if you said it, I know it. <gasps> I don't know. It's it, it, he had that dog that traveled everywhere, everywhere with, with him. him. Was it a little one? Yes, yes. Oh, yes. It's, it's always a little lap it's dog. Always a little yeah, lap dog. A little five used, pound. And yeah. he would always just like let him run around. We'd be at the national. It was a There's, female. Was a female. It was a female. I think There's, it was. you know, horses, trucks, <laughs> dogs, and this yeah. dog's running everywhere. And it was a, it was the biggest beggar of a biscuit you ever saw. <laughs> and he's like, saves me on dog food. Yeah, yeah of course, right? Alan. And we, it's, you know, I think you guys, it's interesting because you guys are the first people that we've had on and the first people that we've talked to in this world who let their their field trial dogs or their working yep. dogs inside the house. Mm-hmm. So do you... Well, not all of them. Not all of them. Not yeah, all, right, not no, all we of couldn't them. do that. Yeah. Believe me, we have one. If he came in, he would be but you know, the on, ones, the ra- on the roof. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've had several of our Honestly, dogs we call house. it couch time. Um, a lot of times when they're pups... Okay, so we have a small child. And right. he's usually in the welcome box when they're born. Right. So he's constantly there. I'm in there every day. I have a regimen that I do every day with those puppies. Yep. When they're born, I do. I have a process I go through. And as they get older, the ones that we know they're going to keep, they come in the house. They come in. We play with them. They have toys. Mm-hmm. Um, and some just naturally make the house dog. Uh, and Ellie, some don't. And some don't. Yeah. And some just don't. Um, and But... Ellie naturally was the house dog. Uh, Ava <laughs> has always been the house dog. I have a picture on my computer. Uh, we got Ava and Colt were born about the same time. They're a few months apart. Okay. And I can remember the first day Ava came in and they were together. And Ava, to this day, she's going to be nine years old, has never pottied in the house one time. Wow. So not one time has she ever. Yeah, some dogs just sort of take to it. And yeah, it just, and yeah. Honestly, she took over. She just, you know, she. And we we have, you know, we've had a natural progression, but we call it couch time, and we bring them in, and we spend time with them, and we bond with them. Yeah. And, and we let them ride yeah. in the back, like 
Walt, the other day, he was riding in the back seat all the way to field trial with my son. Right. You know, one, one thing money can't buy is time spent between you and your dog. Yeah, and, and, you know, and you just learn stuff, even sometimes just having them in, the in a non-training situation, yeah. just how they are, their personality, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. how they respond. If you've got a little bit more of a bond, they're uh, going to yeah. look for you. Yeah. yeah. They're going to look for you. Where, where's mom or dad at? Or right. where are they at? I need to check in. So uh, two points. One, Bubba, what you just said. You know, we were just with Brad Donald in South Dakota, and we were standing on top of a hill, and we were watching all the, you know, we were pheasant hunting, and mm-hmm. we were watching all the dogs work. And it's beautiful to watch dogs work and see all this. But, you know, he leaned over to me, and one of the things that he said that just rings so true is, you know, it's a shame dogs don't live longer because it's true. You get you yeah. get connected with a yeah. dog, and yeah. it, it's so difficult at times. But you know, it, it's you know, you kind of talk about they have to earn it and they have yes. to earn the the time in the house. But those moments that they get are so sweet, and it's so that's why it kind of lasts on you the longest. I'm gonna laugh because I, I, my son only says. Ava's the chosen child. <laughs> and I'm like, she's got a championship, do you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but you talk about memorable dogs. Mm-hmm. Our mo- Probably our most memorable dog was not even a bird dog. Right. But he came from a bird dog family. Yeah. And he, he was Whippoorwill Peep. He was a Belgian Malinois. Yeah. And, so- he was, and he has been to more places, kicked out of more yeah. places. Um, <laughs> but And he would never hurt a flea. He yeah. never showed aggression until our son was born. Right. And then he became the protector. I mean, he was always out there, that Mal, mm. just don't mess with yeah. my kid, yep. you know. Well, just, but he has been all over this country, from Florida to Oklahoma to North Dakota. Yeah. And he's been running with some of the most expensive bird dogs in the country. Yeah. yeah. You know, to circle back to what you said about getting into it, the, the one thing you cannot fake is you have to have a love of a bird dog. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And if you truly love a bird dog, and it's really nice to have a love to ride in a horse just because we yeah. do so much of and it off a horse. And those are two things that you either you, – you can sort of learn to ride a horse, but you can either love a bird dog, but it's, it's hard to fake. And a yeah. lot of people sort of get into this point wanting to be the competition, and it's more about – not you winning. It's more about the dog. It's about the passion. Yeah. And so. Truly. I think this is one of the, the few sports where, you know, some people try to get into certain things for money yes, or whatever it may be. We just had this discussion yes. with somebody. Why do you do it? And yeah. Bubba, Bubba did a great kind of summed it up. You know, when you were a kid and you got in a in, you know, foot race and you yep. won, how'd you feel? Right. I mean, we don't get money. You don't get money yeah. in the amateur stakes. It, I was trying to explain. He's like, well, why do you do it? And I'm like. Because we enjoy it, yeah. And, and he just couldn't understand. We, we know we're not we're not actually shooting any animals in the competition. We in the amateur sport, we're not winning anything other than points in general. Dog food, dog, dog food. food. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> well, dog, and that goes a long way. <laughs> and yeah. so uh, you know, it's just the love of the sport and the love of the dog is mm-hmm. just. Yeah, and and, and there's so much of the progression, just like your own child. There's so much of the progression to see it come together for the dog, mm-hmm. for the dog to develop into what it truly is. Right. Yeah. And, and that is... Sometimes it's not just winning the field trial. It's the process of everything that got you to win the field trial. Yeah. It's just accumulation and, of and, and the, There's winning, but you've also got to understand there's a lot of heartache. Oh, there's yeah. a lot of losing. Sport. Oh, yeah. So there's a lot to losing. There's trials you think you won that you're like, how did we not even get in there? I mean, right. you know... There's bad luck in the sport. Uh, we were talking earlier. You yeah. know, Ava was one of our best dogs, most consistent. 
She retired out of the all age due to an injury. Then she came back and we ran her in shooting dog. We were number three dog in the country and she shattered her leg with 14 screws and two plates. Yep. And then I ran her in the invitational. She came back and ran the invitational. Yep. But, and now, you know what she does? She sleeps with my son and she trains the puppies. And, yeah. she, and we use her for back and drills. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. she still has a role for us mm-hmm. and we still use her for that. But there's, there's more heartaches in this yeah. than there are. The highlight. Yes, it's, it's very, humbling. It is. Sure. It's very humbling, and it's and it's very. You gotta it's, be it's the reality of that. reality yeah. of having animals, and it just. There's bad, a lot of crying. Bad things. <laughs> oh, yeah. And there's bad a lot things of, happen to good animals. Yes, uh, yeah. horses or dogs yeah. or you. I mean, yes. we were at a trial this weekend. We had already left, but we had a horrible horse wreck. Mm. We've seen some horse wrecks that you just don't think someone can survive, and they do. And you're just like, one thing about our sport, we. We're not in an arena riding horses. We're yeah. in areas with holes and, yeah. you know, and mud. And and we're usually not even looking where we're going. Yeah. We're looking at the dogs. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, exactly. I think through all the guests and everywhere we went to, I think I've never seen people like that love what they do so much other than just the people who work with dogs. It's just yeah. a connection. Like, it, it is. And you leave, I feel like every time we leave somewhere, I leave so inspired. <laughs> it's, just like, it's just like, yeah. like it's, 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 it's great to watch and great to witness it. And, and, but, and another factor, a lot of times, Bubba's, like this year, Bubba's been running, running, I haven't, and somebody's like, why aren't you running a dog? Well, well mine broke her leg, and I just yeah. had, Walt is Bubba's dog. You know, a lot of times right. we let the dog pick. And mm-hmm. Ava and Ellie, either one of us could run. Walt, Walt is Bubba dog, and right. we've had dogs. Ray was my dog. Yeah. You know, we, we, we've just had that. But at the same time, I'm scouting the dog. I'm also scouting where my son is. You know, yeah. where are you on your horse? Yeah. And the great thing about our field trial community is uh, most because Colt has just, this is new. Leave me alone. I'm riding by myself. What? <laughs> what? You know, so. He almost so, gets raised by a community yeah. at the it same is, point. Honestly, yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were at the National and he started this, that he wanted to ride by himself. And everybody's like, go on, mom. We got him. And, you know, but you're still looking back because, you know, oh, everybody's yeah. cantering to a find and you're like, where are you? Right. And they're yeah. like, we got him. Go. And, yeah. you know, and, the, and they're all like, we got him. But, you know, go go scout your dog. We got him. And then yeah. I came back one time and they're like, well, we learned something. And I'm like, <laughs> What happened? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny that you talk about that. So when I was younger, um, I showed horses for a little bit mm-hmm. when I was in high school and stuff like that. But my big sport um, growing up was uh, BMX, but it was the the cycling racing. And, you know, it's so funny when you get into a community, whether it be field trials or BMX or, you know, whatever it is, you get this community that forms yes. around you. Yes. yes. Some of the worst discipline that I've ever had wasn't from my parents. It was from other parents, and that hurts sometimes worse than it does, you know. We always say, treat him like he's yours. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. My 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 mother gave permission to my high school teachers, do whatever you need to. Just keep them in line, whatever you need to. I got duct taped to a chair one time in high school because— Oh, Lord, they'd have them in jail now. <laughs> oh, now oh, yeah. they would. Yeah, absolutely. They but you would. learned, didn't you? Oh, absolutely, 100%. <laughs> you know, well, while we're talking about some of the neat things about Phil Trout, one of the— things that we've got to do as a couple as a family is you know I, through bird dogs and field trials we've seen some of the greatest places grounds. In, in grounds yeah. from, from north dakota ranches in oklahoma to the plantations in in georgia, georgia. we yeah. we've been a little bit of everywhere and have seen some really and neat also country. every year like north dakota 
we go, I could tell you some of the best museums in North Dakota. And so, because yeah. we, we, we take a day and we do it, you know, we might go work dogs at morning, but then let's go somewhere and do this. Or, so uh, it's, we've traveled a country with dogs and horses. Yeah. And that's, that has really been a blessing. Well, that's one of the things that, you know, this position has provided me an opportunity is, you know, we just, we just went and saw Brad in South Dakota and he just, he just got um, a brand new lodge. He had been working for another lodge for, uh, uh, Caleb, I think it was like 20-something years or something like that. And he's branching out on his own, got his own lodge, and it is the most gorgeous view of the bluffs and the Missouri River. I mean, it's just gorgeous. And, you know, being in this sport, you know, a lot of other sports, you're going to cities, you're going going, to see something. Something man-made. Exactly. You're going out, and you're seeing just this beautiful country in this land. I mean, Mm -hmm. I've never seen some of the colors of, you know, grass that I've seen except out in South Dakota. And it's really neat. you You get to travel a lot, but it's selfless because it's not you you win as the dog's owner but the dog is the one winning and so it's it's absolutely incredible you know like yeah. what you We've also got to say thanks to a bunch of babysitters all the way from North oh, yeah. North Dakota yeah. to yeah. Uh, like the first year we went my mom went with us Colt went his first trip Four months old to North Dakota. Yeah. And my mom was with us to help us, but my dad had a heart attack, so she'd fly home. Oh, wow. So the landowners up there stepped up a lot of times and were like, just drop him off at the house while you're on us working. Yeah. You know, and, and now it's become a tradition in North Dakota. We, you know, we see them every, you know. Yeah. You always see them, but, you know, they, they love seeing Coke grow. Yeah. And, you know, and where else can him? What was he, two? And he got his first. Yeah, I mean, Phil Trollin with. Injury at a bar. Phil so. <laughs> <laughs> Phil Trollin with bird dogs is just he know, was it's, it's an adventure. Yeah. To say the least. Colt was bar fighting at two, yeah. at two yeah, years yeah, ago. Yeah, he got a scar to this day. Yeah, he got a scar on his eye at a bar yeah. in North Dakota. But you know, what people don't realize is I think, Oh my god, you had your baby in a bar in North Dakota. No, that's where the uh, Farm Bureau has their meetings. The yep. kids have the birthday parties. It's, a little, it's, a different, it's different. World. There's yeah. the bar in the front and the restaurant in the back. Yeah, it's, and our landowner owns the bar, so we're you know we're there quite a bit. It's mm-hmm. it's a completely different world. I mean, especially yes. with us, we live in the South, and yes. so you know things that you would never think of. Um, you know, I was talking with uh, uh, Brad in South Dakota, and I was like, you know, what do you guys do? He's like, uh, you know. Sundays, we, you know, we'll go to church. After that, we'll go to the bar. Oh, yeah, just, <laughs> but that's where everyone that's, meets that's for a meal. Is. And, yes. you know, it's it's completely different. Yes. Um, okay, so final question that I want to ask you guys, because, you know, we've kind of hinted at, you know, what it's like to get into field trials. But what would be, like, your number one tip for someone who wants to run their dog for, for the first time? What wisdom would you have for them? Be honest with yourself. Yes, don't yeah. be, you know, we call it kennel blindness. Kennel blindness. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You need to be honest, and you, you need to be able to look at your dog objectively. You need to be able to look at how your dog did at a field trial objectively. And you need to be able to look at yourself objectively. Uh, and, and, yeah. And sort of see what your shortcomings was, see what the dog, see where you messed up. And, you know, I think if, if you do that, that's probably. And we have a lot of discussions yeah. on the way home. We have discussions to the trials, but we have a lot of discussions on the way you home. Know, well, yeah. you know, this we could have, have been, and sometimes yeah. they're not pleasant discussions. Right. As yeah. a husband-wife team, there's right. a lot of not pleasant. Well, you know, you should, you should have put them on the other line. Or, yeah, what'd know, you do that for? Why'd you, you know? do that? Yeah. But, yeah. You know, there's a lot more, a lot of decisions to be made. And, but it's honest criticism, yeah. and, and sometimes we've been like, mm. Yeah. Well, yep. I messed, I I done I messed that, up. I should have done that different. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think, you know, that's one thing that I've noticed about this sport, too, is um, when we went and saw Allen at the National Field Trial, you know, they have, um, I don't want to call it a bunkhouse, but they have like a hall where, you know, all the riders and stuff will sit while they're waiting for the field trials to go right before lunch and stuff. And they're just, you know, from the outside looking in, it's just like they're critiquing each other and, you know, left and right, but they're just sharing ways to improve. And I think that's the the biggest thing that I've noticed about this sport is, you know, people are so willing to accept feedback from others. Just constructive criticism. Constructive criticism. And that's right. Advice. Yeah. Do you know advice, how many times? Yeah. Do you know how many times we've picked up the phone and called one of the pros or call someone else, another amateur, and say, "Oh yeah, man, yeah. I, I, what what do I do here?" Matt yeah. Pendergrass yeah. and I have a daily conversation yeah, right. about this dog, that dog, this it's dog, another, and he's another amateur. Yeah, yeah. yeah. just and, and you know, trying to come up with, well, this is what I would do. Or and, this, and I have, have called, you tried this? And I remember we had a problem with Ellie one year, yeah. and I called a pro, and I'm like, well, "What do we need to do?" Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's like, that's what you need to do. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, and you know what's funny is like in this sport, people give that away so freely. They do. Yes. Yes. So they do. freely. Yeah. You know, I yeah. think a lot of places like, um, you know, a lot of people would be like, well, if you're going to come learn from me, you're going yeah. uh, yeah. to pay. Yeah. Hey, hey. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to circle back to something you said on uh, what somebody needs to do. They need to go to Farrell Miller Puppy Days. Yes. If you're, if, yeah, if he has a, uh, so where is that at? It's Kentucky. in Murray, Kentucky. Okay. It's a it's a day long event at Farrell Miller's uh, farm and outside of Murray, Kentucky. And, and it, it again, there's field trial bird dogs. Yeah. There's um, the AFTCA website. There's Region Six. Um, I'm missing one. Um, field trialers or some of the Facebook pages. Yeah. You can search them, and the, that kind of stuff is on there. And uh, Puppy Days and Farrell Miller is one of the you know, the legendary the, the, trainers yeah. of all time. Yeah. 90 years old and still going today as strong, wow. strong as anyone. The trial that uh, we were judging not too long ago, he drove himself, saddled his horse, first one on the horse and rode the three hours and rode crossing some ditches. We were not comfortable going yeah. across and he was riding and so he was you, there watching. You know, watching. that, that would be, that would be good for anyone. You know, that's where so many mm-hmm. of from Ike Todd to Will Dunn or Farrell and, I mean, uh, Jack and Fran Miller. Miller. I mean, there's just it's so many have been up there to Farrell Miller's. That would be a good place for a young person. To go. That's incredible. Yeah. That 90 years old. 90, uh, 90 uh, years uh, old. And will shake your hand and you're like, ow, ow, ow. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. He wins the handshake contest. Oh, know? yeah. Absolutely. Well, uh, Amy and Bubba, thank you so much for, for joining us today. I enjoyed it. I mean, thank this you. has been truly insightful. I, I've, I have been so interested in kind of the behind the scenes and, you know, I'm not saying I'm getting into field trialing because there's no way my dog could do it in <laughs> ever, but you know, this has been such an insightful conversation and I truly hope that what people get from this is, you know, this community is so welcoming mm-hmm. and there's such a, you can get into it, just be ready to put in some work as well. And, you know, I think you guys have shed awesome light into, you know, not only Region 6, but the field trial community as a whole. And, you know, I want to thank you guys for, for coming on. It's been awesome. It's been thank fun. y'all. Well, yeah, Jack, it's a blast. We talked a lot. So. Yeah. I feel like we could do this for like another, <laughs> oh, yeah. another two oh, yeah. hours. I'm just easily. getting started here. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get on a Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Amy's like, I got to I gotta be on a call. Um, all right. Well, thank you all so much for listening to the Fieldmaster podcast. Be sure to follow us on social media at sportsmen's underscore pride. And if you're listening to this or watching this on YouTube, be sure that you 
go on over to somewhere like Apple or Spotify um, and you can listen it, to it there on the road. Or if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, you can also go to our YouTube page where you get to see lovely faces like Amy and Bubba. Um, so thank you guys so much for listening and um, be sure to uh, follow along for the next episode. Bye.